Amen. Let's give the Lord another hand clap of praise. Amen. We thank God for giving us this opportunity to worship him today in spirit and in truth. And that is it's so beautiful to see uh, the colors of red and blue and green in the congregation. We're, we're in the Advent spirit. Amen. 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 So we thank God for this fourth Sunday of Advent, and uh, we thank God for another opportunity uh, to worship him today in spirit and in truth. Well, on last Sunday, uh, Pastor George preached a powerful sermon on uh, Christ being formed in us, Christ being formed in us. And he uh, shared with us that we... uh, get to choose the family that forms us. Uh, Such a powerful statement. Uh, But before that, he mentioned that we we all get developmentally stuck in our spiritual growth. Uh, But I'm so glad that we serve a God that doesn't let us stay stuck. Uh, He knows how to get us into the mode of spiritual growth and spiritual maturities. And then he finished off by saying that God's promises are powerful. Uh, They're they're more powerful than our past. So God's promises are able to break our past. And that's good news, brothers and sisters. And so we want to uh, continue on that theme today because as we talk about Christ being born in us, uh, it's, it's It's a powerful statement uh, that Phyllis Brooks uh, mentioned in that that song, in that Christmas carol, that Christ being born in us today, that every, every year the prayer is, be born in us today. So we want to be committed to that. Uh, Today I've been given the task to preach from Luke 1, 39 to 45. And I want to hang as a title over this text, Leaping in the Womb, Leaping in the Womb. Won't you stand with me as we read this passage together? Luke chapter 1, verses 39 to 45. Let us read together. In those days, Mary set out haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in the womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our Lord lasts forever. Mary and Elizabeth are placed on center stage of redemptive history. 
to bring about the sovereign plan of God. As the drama of redemptive history unfolds, we find God in unexpected places with the least likely people that we would choose. We also find God working in a strange and peculiar way in the life of these two women of God. Uh, we find that God is using a intergenerational relationship to affirm them uh, in their struggle. One is in a struggle because she's be beyond childbearing age. The other one is in a struggle because she's a virgin, and she's never known a man, but yet she is pregnant with child. And so God, in some strange and peculiar way, brings cousin Elizabeth into Mary's life and brings Mary into cousin Elizabeth's life. And the beauty of this passage is how patient God is with us and how our struggles are great, but the joy is greater, as we'll see in this passage today. And I want to use this first point that every Elizabeth, every Elizabeth needs a Mary to visit her. Every Elizabeth needs a Mary to visit her. Because before there can be a leap of joy in the womb, there must be a leap of faith. For we walk by faith and not by sight. The picture that you see on the screen is a, is a painting that was done by Laureen Wright Pittman. And she captures the, the spiritual energy that happens between Mary and Elizabeth. There they are comforting one another. Meanwhile, Elizabeth in her old age has John within her womb. And Mary in her young age has Jesus in her womb and there we find that these two are encouraging one another, comforting one another. They, they are helping one another out. Uh, Mary and Elizabeth affirm, comfort, and support one another in their unexpected, strange circumstances of their pregnancies. Elizabeth, being the the senior statesman of the family. And I, as I begin to read this passage, I begin to ask the question, where, where is Mary's mother? Why did Mary take a three to four day journey to go visit Elizabeth? Certainly there were some other people in the village. Certainly her mother had to have been there, but 
But Mary was responding to the divine unction of God that she should go and visit her cousin Elizabeth because they had something in common. But it also tells us, brothers and sisters, that you can't share uh, everybody what, with everybody what God is doing in your life. <laughs> Amen, somebody. <laughs> everybody will not be excited about what God is doing in your life. And I think sometimes the Holy Spirit lets us know that this person isn't for me. They're not trying to, they're not trying to encourage me. Uh, they're not trying to uh, build me up. And so we have to be careful who we share with what God is trying to do in our lives. But here's the thing. Mary was willing to enter into Elizabeth's world. And Elizabeth was willing to enter into hers. Mary takes a three to four day journey, some 90, 80 to 100 miles to visit Elizabeth. Now, Mary probably here in the 21st century, she would probably would have picked up a, a had a, a iPhone and, and made a call to Elizabeth. But it, it shows us, it shows us her commitment uh, to what God was doing in our life. And perhaps Mary, at the age of 15, she needed some encouragement. Perhaps Mary, uh, at age 15, she needed to know, once she found out that Elizabeth was pregnant, she needed to know that there was someone who could join her in her struggle. It is only when we contemplate what God is doing in us can we fully appreciate what God is doing in others? When we really think about what God is doing in our lives, sometimes uh, it, we, we, can't, we can't figure out what God is doing in our lives, and we need someone to come into our world uh, to see some things that only we can see, that only they can see. Because in a real physical sense, you can't see all of yourself. You, you need somebody else uh, to, to be able to see the other side of yourself. And you actually always get kind of, you know, my, my wife always asks me in the morning, how do I look? And, you know, the obvious answer is you look beautiful, darling. <laughs> Amen, somebody. But in essence, what she's saying is that she can't see all of herself. She needs someone. We need someone to see the size of us that we can't. We all have blind spots. And perhaps Mary was feeling some kind of way. And as she contemplated what God was doing in her, and she began to see what God was doing in Elizabeth, there was someone to join her in her struggle. Because she had to keep this hidden. It was a scandal. 
uh, she had to keep this hidden because this, is, this was something that God was doing. And, and God was moving Joseph and Mary in different directions. I mean, uh, away from the, 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 the village and away from Herod because he's trying to protect his promise in them. Mary realized that she needed the wisdom of Elizabeth. She realized that. That's the only reason she would make such haste to go to a Judean town. We don't know what the, the name of that town is, but it says a Judean town in the hill country. But we do uh, think that, that, that it's some 80 miles, some three or four day journey from where Mary is. It said when she, when she entered the, the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth, and when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. What a beautiful expression. What a beautiful phrase that this child, John, leaped in her womb. Dr. Darrell Box says that even in John's state in, in the womb, he pointed to Jesus, saying that he was greater than me. That John, even in the womb, pointed to Jesus in Mary's womb. He leaped for joy. Tells us that God's promises were at work in and it was promised to Zechariah and Elizabeth that even in the womb, John would be full of the Holy Spirit. Chapter 1, verses 15 to 17, it talks about John already having the, the fullness of the Holy Spirit within him, even in his mother's womb. But the beauty of this, this passage is the intergenerational relationship between Mary and, and Elizabeth that Mary needed someone to pay some divine attention to her. Uh, she needed someone to, to listen to her as she processed what God was doing. Now, women, you, you're better than us men at this. You, you, you're able to process some things. You're able to talk things through with your, with your sisters and with your friends. You're able uh, to talk and process and share your thoughts and feelings and, and begin to rationalize what God is doing. And this is the same case with Mary. Mary couldn't talk to Joseph about this. <laughs> Amen, somebody. Mary needed someone who had some wisdom. She needed someone who could speak life into her and not death. I like the way, now this is going to go over somebody's head, I know, but I'm going to say it anyway. Captain Kangaroo, <laughs> that great philosopher, once said that attention is like a daily bouquet of love. You and I need to have love expressed in attention when something earthquaking, good or bad, has happened. We are blessed by someone who will sit down and say, and then what? And then what? 
tell me more. And hear us through without interruption. We need someone to to hear us as we vent, as we talk, as we process what God is doing in our lives. And that's exactly what is happening between this, this bond between Mary and Elizabeth. So every Elizabeth needs a Mary to visit her. In other words, in the context of intergenerational relationships, we, 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 we need to be present in somebody's life. Who are you visiting? Who are you encouraging? Who has God brought to your mind and said, I need to give her a call. I need to encourage her. I don't know what she's going through right now, but I need to speak into her life. You've heard me say this before, but every Ruth needs a Naomi. And every Timothy needs a Paul. We need someone who's been, who's been on the spiritual ropes of life to, to speak life into those who are young. Sometimes we live in the church and in society in such a way that we, we, we live in such a way where we teach young people to be intolerant of older people. And we teach older people to be intolerant of younger people. That should not be the case in the church. Paul talks about this, about the older encouraging the young and mentoring them. But society has taught us to be intolerant of one another. But when we are led by the Spirit, the Spirit always moves us into intergenerational relationships and relationships in general. This is what we see here in this passage. But not only that, every Mary needs a Elizabeth to bless her. What does, what does Elizabeth do when she is full of the Holy Spirit? This, this phrase, leap for joy, uh, that, that the Spirit is, is in Elizabeth, there is a divine unction. There is a prophetic unction in Elizabeth that she begins to scream out loud a blessing upon Mary. Mary needs Elizabeth. Mary needs to know that in her, in her young frame of mind, she needs to know that there's somebody in her corner. She needs to know that there's somebody there to encourage her. She needs to know that you can find joy in the midst of your struggles. Because we need encouragement in our struggles. We need companionship in our struggles. We, we need deep-spirited relationships in the midst of our struggles. Those relationships will serve as an aid to guide and recenter us. So, yes. Every Mary needs an Elizabeth to, to bless her. Who are you blessing today? Life and death is in the power of the tongue. We can build someone up or we can tear somebody down. But as Christians, out, out of all people, we should be building one another up. Out of all people, we should be saying 
something that is constructive and not destructive. Because we're all a work in progress. Let's keep that in mind. Even Paul said, I haven't arrived even as an apostle. And so who are we to tear down what God is building up? Mary shows her wisdom, and Elizabeth shows her wisdom as well by blessing this 15-year-old young lady in which God is doing a work in her life. I remember in my, when I was first called to preach, God, I felt the, the move of God in my life to preach the gospel. I had an insatiable appetite for the Word of God. And I didn't know what God was doing in my life. And I had a friend, a mentor, named L.V. Bryant. And L.V., I went to him and told him, I feel like I've been called to preach. He said, I knew it all along. He said, I was just waiting for you to say something. But he affirmed me. He blessed me. He encouraged me. Now, keep in mind, not everybody was encouraging me. But he en encouraged me and blessed me and affirmed me, and it made me feel like I can walk into my calling. Because we all need affirmation at some point, some season in our lives. We all need to be affirmed by somebody or someone. We all need someone to bless us. We all need someone to speak life into us. So every Mary needs an Elizabeth to bless her. God's work, God's work, God works through relationships to showcase his love, his grace, and his mercy. God works through relationships to affirm his calling over our lives. But there are times in our, in our lives where we believe, but there, there is some tension in unbelief. And so maybe in Mary's life, she said, Lord, I, I do believe, but I need some reinforcement. I need some support, and I can't get it from everybody. So there, there she is in Elizabeth's home because her, her outer life and those around her may be saying otherwise, but then her inner life needs to be encouraged. And such was the case with Elizabeth and Mary. I like the way that great mystic Howard Thurman put it. He said, I, I determined to live the outer life in the inward sanctuary. The outer life must find its meaning, the source of its strength in the inward sanctuary. As this is done, the gulf between outer and inner will narrow, and my life will be increasingly whole and one of peace. Sometimes we need someone to stand in the tragic gap of our outer and inner life and help us narrow the divide. And that's what Elizabeth does in the life of Mary, that her outer life and her inner life will be in congruence with one another and she will be able to walk this thing out and fulfill the purpose of God in her life. Last but not least, Mary and Elizabeth drew near to one another 
in their struggles. They didn't isolate themselves. They didn't say, poor, poor me, I'm the only one going through this. Poor, poor me. They didn't have a pity party, but they were led by the Spirit, and they drew near to one another in their struggles. Mary didn't say, oh, Elizabeth's too old. She don't know what I'm going through. And Elizabeth didn't say, that child, she's too young. She, 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 God ain't doing anything in her life. No. Elizabeth saw what God was doing, and she embraced Mary. Mary was, was willing, and Elizabeth was willing to enter into bring their two worlds together. Here's the thing, brothers and sisters, what are you struggling with today? What's your struggle? What is God forming in your spirit? What has God, or who has God sent into your life or into your struggle to believe in you in a season when you find it hard believing in yourself. What's your struggle? What are you struggling with today? And maybe you're not struggling with anything. But you should be struggling with something because all of us are called to spiritual growth. And sometimes spiritual growth means there's always a struggle between the inner person and the outer person. And we got to Sometimes we have to uh, push forward and walk by faith, and sometimes walking by faith is uphill. It's a struggle because not everybody is walking by faith. Not everybody is going uphill. Some are going downhill where it's easy. What, what are you struggling with today? Are you struggling with complacency? Uh, are you struggling with ego? Are you struggling with jealousy? Are you struggling with... Hatred, are you struggling? What, what are you struggling with and what is God doing in your life? What is God forming in your spirit? Yes, you get to choose the family that forms you. But keep in mind, the family that forms you will hold you accountable. The family that forms you God is at work in them as he's at work in you. I had a friend of mine one day, he said, he's going through some issues in his marriage, and he began to process what was going on in his marriage, and he said, he said, Aaron, you have to know that God is working on your spouse just as much as he's working on you. We, we have to know that when you are in a relationship, in a Christian relationship, both of you are believers, you have to know that God, at the same time God is working on your wife or your husband, he is also working on you. You can trust the sovereignty of God, that he who began a good work will complete it. This is what we see in this story. So here's the takeaway here. Here's what I want us to understand here is that, that we, we need to be patient with one another. We need to take up the virtue of patience. Be patient with yourself. Be patient in your relationships. 
Be patient with your children. Be patient with one another. Be patient with strangers. Be patient with your spouse. Be patient even with your enemies. Do you notice how patient Jesus was with Judas? He didn't try to vote him out of the circle. He didn't make an executive decision and say, Judas, you're out of here. He gave Judas every opportunity to be formed. He gave him every opportunity to, to stay within the circle. He kept the door open. That tells me, brothers and sisters, if God is patient, patient with us, then we should be patient with one another. So be patient. Take up the virtue of patience. Don't be in, in a hurry to demonize somebody. Don't be in a hurry to chastise somebody. Don't be in a hurry. Be patient. My pastor back home said, Aaron, the best way to whoop a person is to pray for them. Amen. Now, I know some of y'all don't believe in whooping. <laughs> Amen. But I grew up around switches. Amen, somebody. And I thank God for them. But I read somewhere in the book of Hebrews that God chastises those whom he loves. So be patient with one another. The joy is in the relationship with God. The joy is in the relationship with one another. The joy is... As William James Jennings said, joy is the currency that flows from hand to hand. In this passage, we see joy flowing from womb to womb. And from Elizabeth to Mary and from Mary to Elizabeth. There's a currency that we all, we all have a, 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 a my, my grandfather used to have a little, little pouch that had change in it. And every now and then, he'd give me a quarter out of that little pouch, and it brought me joy. Because I could, I could take that quarter, and I can go to the grocery store, go to the corner store, and get me 25 cookies. It, it brought me great joy. Joy is the currency that flows from hand to hand. Every one of us have, has a pouch of joy that God has given us to share with someone. Every one of us has a deposit of joy, and during this Christmas season, there's no greater opportunity to share that currency of joy that flows from hand to hand. Jesus gave us joy. He said, I, I give you my joy that you may be complete. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the work you're doing in in our lives. We thank you, dear God, for the leaping of joy within us, dear God. Just like Elizabeth and Mary, we desperately need relationships, those who are going to be patient with us and encourage us and walk with us on this journey towards spiritual maturity. And Lord, perhaps there's someone here today, they feel alone, they feel abandoned, they feel like no one cares. Maybe somebody online that feels abandoned, they feel alone, they feel like they're all out there by themselves. Will you let them know, Lord, that you are a very present help in time of need?
Would you let them know, Lord, that you came, that they might have life, that they might have joy, and that they might have it more abundantly? Would you draw them to yourself, dear God? Even online, dear God, may they say yes to Jesus. Here in this building, Lord, may someone say yes to Jesus. Remove the obstacles, Lord, that keeps them from making that decision. The enemy is at work because he doesn't want anyone to, to know you, to be in a relationship with you, Lord. So, Lord would, you, Lord, would you do what only you can do? In Jesus' precious, pleasing, and powerful name we pray. Amen.